Playing to Mickey 10. Yeah, woo! Wednesday. What's up, everybody? Beautiful day outside. It's, man, you live in, well, many of you live in Nashville. You live in the greatest city in America. <laughs> Listening to the radio, we're talking about football. Uh, it's fall. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than this. You're halfway through the Wednesday show, so you're further than halfway through your hump day. There's Titans news, and we'll start uh, We'll start getting to that. Yeah, they're getting ready for the party bus, man. What are you talking about? There's some people in this town getting ready for a party a bus. Time, you know. <laughs> Would you ride one of those party buses? Would you just jump on a party bus and ride around town and listen to loud music and dance in a moving bus with no top? Not, I mean, you would have a top on. <laughs> you would I have would a top on. I would be doing the that. dancing, but I definitely wouldn't mind riding around and, you know, checking it out. See what it's all about. You know, it's like, you know, going to the, the club or where everybody's going and you want to see what it's about just to say, what you know, or some bar or whatever it is. Just to say you've experienced it. I may only be on there, you know, 15 minutes, but, uh, yeah, I would definitely get on there. See, I like your sense of adventure. Because yeah. I would be like, I'm not getting on that. Thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're like, well, yeah, man, why, why wouldn't you invent yeah. just one time? I'm going to yeah. get on that yeah. thing. Somebody, somebody tweeted something out just yesterday. Made me real curious. They were they were doing some smacking. And, yeah. And, and through the w- window while they were on the drive-by, I was like, Of Whoa. cheeks. Yeah, <laughs> right. and not the cheeks that smile at you. Of uh, cheeks. <laughs> other cheeks. Uh, yeah, somebody had video of a bus. Not, not cheeks on the face. rear end hanging out of it, and a guy just, like, playing the bongos on and some lady's like, butt. Is this real? Somebody edited is this, this real life? What just happened? It was Nashville. Oh, yeah, yeah it was here. It was definitely That's here. That's a real thing that happened in our city. That's so where I, we I are. Just, I just like to see if that actually goes on, you know, but inside the bus. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you put your butt outside, then anybody is fair game to bongo your butt on the bus. Bus butt bongo. Uh, oh, man, yeah, had a lot of, I had a lot of likes on there. So yes, it did. I'm gonna choke up again at the top of the hour again and about kill myself. Well, I don't know about any butts, but uh, the Titans are having some problems with other body parts. Uh, this is Adam Schefter report this morning. AJ Brown has strained a hamstring. He is expected oh. to be week to week. Schefter's pretty much said that yesterday. This comes on top of, or this was Schefter yesterday. So th- today is Ian Rappaport. Julio Jones is getting treatment on a leg injury. His status with the Jets is up in the air. A.J. Brown may also miss a week or two with a hamstring injury. Vrabel really didn't offer much specific on this before practice. Lucas, I know you've got this, though. At some point, I, I think it may have been even been Teresa Walker who tried to get something specific about Julio Jones. This is what she was met with. No, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, we're not going to address that anymore. But if there's any decision that goes on, it, it's my decision ultimately. So that can always start and end with me you know that's you know, i know you guys love that answer so that's the deal <laughs> um <laughs> you know what that answer is like it's like you know <laughs> you feel like you know when you're a kid you say well how come and then your mom says because i said so yep <laughs> that's how it feels right there it's like well i know you guys love this answer but it was my decision i'm part of it so this is what i wanted so this is what we did <laughs> okay because i said so um, if you have a hamstring injury, what decision is there to make? Well, as far as you're talking about AJ Brown, you know, that's a tricky or, deal or, or no Julio. Cause that's who he was asking about. Yeah, well, but we, I don't know what that is a hamstring. I don't know as a hamstring. I'm only answered. It was a hamstring to AJ Brown. I don't know. Oh yeah. Leg injury for Julio. Right. I don't know what the leg is. It could be a knee, ankle, toe. <laughs> I don't know. So I, so 
A.J. Brown, we always know that's tricky with that hamstring. It's really up to him and how far he thinks he can push it. Give you some tips there, you know, get you a B12 shot right, you know, in the leg, and uh, that'll help it heal up. It it won't won't get any worse anyway. Uh, As far as Julio, I have no idea what the heck is going on with Julio Jones as far as him not playing in the fourth quarter. His He got tight, and then when he says tight, then I think somebody specifically asked, like, well, what do you mean we're tight? And so he just said, what, leg injury, leg tightness, Duh. I'm assuming. I, I don't know. You're hearing all the different stories. I don't Rap know. Sheet is the guy who said treatment on a leg injury. So Rap Sheet is saying leg. Leg. So, you know, I, I, I have no idea. So, you know, something like this, you can go, oh, well, Julio probably will be available and A.J. Brown's probably out. And then you go over line up for the game and it'd be like, A.J. Brown's up, Julio's down. Yeah. So you're hoping that you get one of them that is available, and I, I think uh, just going to have to do more reps, and then hopefully uh, Marcus Johnson will be available. He knows the system. Get him some playing time out there. And uh, the guys who were uh, who stepped up last week in, against the Colts as role players uh, did a fairly good job. But I think you don't want to do that and think you're going to get away with that weekly. Uh, this it just You can't do that. Not, not in this league, so... A lot of people may think, oh, we can get away with it with the Jets. Okay. All right. Watch out. Yeah. It won't be fun. Because those guys that are backups are just good receivers. We had elite receivers. There's a big gap. The Titans between. have two elite receivers. Yeah, that's a two, big gap between those, yeah. those those guys. So I think now defenses are going to look at them. And the Jets defense, by the way, is a pretty decent considering their team isn't. You know, it's still young. Uh, new quarterback, rookie quarterback. Uh, so they have some talent. So it's not going to be an easy victory unless they dump on them early. And I mean early. I, and I, Jets are number 10 in total defense. That's what I said. Their defense is good. People Top are, 10. oh, man, they got all these. Man, did, have y'all watched their defense? I watched them uh, last week. Uh, who did they give me about? The Broncos. The Broncos defense is really good. Yeah. So they made – Wilson, the quarterback and crew, just not look very good. And the defense eventually for the Jets got tired. They were on the field all the way. So I, I just – the Jets' defense is good. They have some guys, even the young players are, are running around. Uh, they're playing fast. I don't know how long it is. It's still early in the season, so they got a lot of belief that they can win games. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you're a young player, you don't know any better. You you, you really don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, – I think the Titans got to play their best, and they got to have their best out there, at least one of them. I would feel very uncomfortable for a full entire game with the guys that they had out there in the fourth quarter. And that's serious talk there. Nothing against those guys, good players. Uh, but when you see what greatness looks like and you go to good, you be like, hey, man, that, that's not good enough. And they can only do so much. That's the best we're going to see out of them. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Unless, you know, Chester Rogers just steps up and has a great game on Marcus John. Right, which could happen. Sure. But I mean, man, I'd rather have my guys on the outside. And he hasn't. He having a, a great day with Julio and AJ Brown outside getting doubled. Uh, so there's no doubles anywhere. Uh, there's no special talent uh, at the receiver position. So I don't know. Maybe we're gonna go uh, three tight ends and run the ball. Yeah, I mean, we don't know anything about Ferkser yet either. Maybe he can come back this week. He would certainly help their receiving efforts uh, for sure. In, in the slot as a third down guy, the, all the things that Ferkser does uh, well. Marcus Johnson is uh, – Titans made a transaction with him. He and Brady Breeze are, are basically on the 
you can practice list again. Uh, you have 21 days when a guy comes off of IR to either play him or or put him on. I guess he has to go on permanently. Uh, so Marcus Johnson is on that list. He can practice this week, and I guess at some point today, Vrabel did not. I have to find this because I got so many notes from trying to listen to Mike Vrabel. Uh, I don't think they have they have ruled out anything yet from Marcus Johnson or Brady Breeze as far as can they help or can't they help. Um, um, right, they're probably going to let them practice for a couple of days and see if they can actually be active for the game and that's stay it. healthy from an injury. So sometimes the injury you do really well, they got to wait till the next day to see if it flares back How up. Well you respond, and, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Vrabel said Johnson and Breeze might actually be in the mix this week. So Marcus Johnson yes. may literally come off IR and, and have to play. Right, this is your show. We go to the phones when you call Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Tony the Stud wants to finish up the segment. I think he has a little college football uh, topic that he wants to hit. Tony, thanks for calling. Hey, how you guys doing today? Man, uh, doing thanks great. for having me on. Good, good hey, um, I believe it was, um, I was just listening to the, the show in the first hour as well, and, and I believe it was John Bryce that you were talking to. Is that correct? Yes, yes sir. Okay, so um, something that's been really bothering me the last couple of years, and I, I really haven't talked about this sports topic just because there's so much other stuff going on, but I noticed you made a comment, and uh, you guys kind of relate off of that with Ed Ordron, and I've been hearing a lot about Ed Ordron being on a on a hot seat this year, and um, you know how you know you know he might not have a coaching job next year as head coach at LSU, and and I'm just trying to I'm trying to figure this thing out because if your name's not Nick Saban or Dabo Sweeney to me, it, it seems like you haven't had a whole lot of opportunity to go win a national title lately, um, and for for. For what Ed did when Wes left as the intern to get that job and being two, year re- two years removed from uh, not only a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback but a national championship, yeah. that just blows my mind that one year after a COVID season when everything's in turmoil that we're already talking about getting rid of that type of coach. And it's not the first time that something like that has happened. Um, and and I, don't, I, I guess my question to you is, uh, not do you think he's on the hot seat. I think we all know that that's the burning topic with him in LSU right now. But my question would be, do you think that that's fair? Uh, thanks, guys. <laughs> well, you look at Gene Chizik, who won a BCS championship and was out at Auburn. That was in 2010, and by 2012, uh, he was fired. And that's yeah. the one that comes to mind for a lot of people. It's like, wait a second. We know things fired. Two years later, he was gone. Yeah. Blaine, you know this, man. It. It's such people make so much money. The stakes are so high. There's no slack in the rope for anybody anymore. I mean, there's just no slack in the rope for it. They pay you so much and the expectations are so high. And then when you win a national championship, you really jack up your own expectations. And um, I mean, it just leaves you not much margin for error. And he asked, he said, I understand it, but what do you guys think? I, I don't like it, but it's the nature of the business. It's just where we are. Well, we can start with, you know, life isn't fair. And, you know, these guys are making millions of dollars, and they get fired. They still get their, their money. So yeah. it's not like uh, he hit the road. But I, I am with the caller. It's just like, well, dang, he just brought you a national championship. And last year was a COVID year, and they were talking about he was on hot seat then. So then all of a sudden, uh, you know, what do they thought? They won back-to-back you know, national championship. I think what you're looking for, if I'm an athletic director in, in a team that wins a national championship and hadn't won it in a while, is I want to see consistency. That doesn't mean you're going to – win the national championship, but I want you to see you always in a hunt for the final 
for, you know, playoff spots and, and still doing well. And I think they kind of fell off a cliff because he, he lost both of his coordinators, didn't he? His offensive defensive coordinator. So you want to kind of rally the troops and get, a, you know, a new staff really, you know, and, and try to follow along what you did in the past. Or do you change it a little bit? So I think, uh, you know, turnover in the staff on OC and DC was a, little bit of a hurt there and a lot of people aren't talking about it. I think that's why it kind of dropped and dipped a little bit especially during a COVID time so the true test would be what they are this year with this staff within second year and now all players are available not a you know reduced schedule uh with all the testing and everything else so I'd really watch a close eye and yeah would I be surprised that if he, if he got fired no but man, I I wouldn't do it if I'm the athletic director. I I gotta you get to me that buys you a three year window for me. Uh, well, he's a pretty know. tough customer as an athletic director too. If you listen to this show, then you know that Blaine is a tough customer. He's tough on extensions. Yeah, I, I am. Mean, on he doesn't just hand them out like candy. <laughs> but you win the championship, you get some slack from the hitman. All right, yeah. there's no slack for us. Lucas says we got to go. Jordan Johnny said to join us next. NFL headlines. There's a huge matchup, uh, by the way, with Brady and New England this week. We'll get into all that and more with Jordan next. Blaine and Vicky, 104.5 The Zone. Jordan Dejani will be on with us here in just a minute. He is not on yet. Lucas Blaine both said he's not on yet. Don't say that he's on. I keep jumping the gun on poor Lucas. He's in there like doing. Lucas multitasking, doing 50 billion things. I'm like, oh, yeah, where is this guy? Why do we not have him on? He's on, right, Lucas? And Lucas, like, his eyeballs get big, and he, like, brandishes the phone receiver at me. But Jordan should be on in just a second. Um, Lucas was doing a little smack talking about his fantasy football league. And, uh. Jordan joins us now. Jordan, I think Blaine's got a question for you about fantasy football. Yeah, man, how's your league going? I mean, how are you doing in your league? Yeah, I'm not doing too hot. But then again, let me say this. We do have a lot of leagues that I'm in. And they're all different formats, right? So I'm doing pretty good when it comes to the dynasty aspect of things. When I got a taxi squad I can utilize and we're in a full conference with 16 teams. But, for example, a normal ESPN or CBS or Yahoo league, I'm in one with Lucas Panzeca, and I can tell you right off the bat, man, I'm not doing very hot. Oh, oh, how's Lucas doing? What is he doing in there? Is he doing well? You know, I'll have to check the standings. I'm not sure about that. I've been pretty bad, so I'm not. I can't say that I'm always <laughs> in the league. You're already not point. checking the lineups. I, I'll, yeah, tell, I'll say I, one I, thing: I, the Titans weren't the only one to get to two and one and drop somebody to zero oh and three this past week. Whoa! Oh, 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 you, you're you're zero oh and three. Lucas, were we playing? <laughs> yeah, you're on. Oh, my God. He's at the point in the season where you're not even checking. Lucas, you can't brag on beating somebody who didn't even check in this week. No, he deserves it. He deserves it. That's my bad. Lucas, you were waiting on that opportunity. I respect you for taking it. Sorry about that. I will pay more attention for sure. Man, that was like kind of half getting him credit, Jordan. But I understand, man. We're, we're Jordan Dejani with CBS Sports and NFL writer, man. What, what, wait, wait, I'm going to start with this. This is Detroit. How the heck did they release a player that they got to pay $8.8 million to guarantee Jamie Collins, the linebacker, man? What are they doing? Yeah, I kind of laughed about that scenario because it came out, reports came out a week ago or so saying that they were shopping Jamie Collins. And I was asking my coworkers, I was like, 
who, who would want him? Like, no disrespect to him, but he's an aging linebacker who's definitely lost some speed on the edge. And that was on full display when they took on the Packers on Monday Night Football. And that's when, you know, questions started to be asked and they wanted to inject some youth at that position group. So they started to report it as if, you know, oh, we're, we're fielding trade offers. You know, I think we're going to get a deal done. And sure enough, nothing came to fruition. So they ended up having to release him. But he had a solid last year or a solid season last year. So, I mean, that's why he had the money he did. He had over 100 tackles last year. But I don't know. I think there's been a bit of a decline in his play. So, unfortunately, they're going to have to bite the bullet on that move. Mm, we're talking about Monday Night Football, man. How about them Cowboys, all those Cowboys fans out there? Dak Prescott looked like a franchise quarterback. But, man, did Jalen Hurts look like a franchise quarterback? Yeah, that was very tough. I definitely had two takeaways coming out of that game. The first is that the Cowboys are a lot better than we anticipated, more so on the defensive side of the ball. I thought that's where they really stood out to me. Uh, that's one of the more underrated storylines in the NFL through three weeks, if you ask me, is the emergence of the Cowboys defense. I'm not saying they're elite by any means, but they are improved, and that's important if you want to get back to the playoffs. Now, as for the Eagles, man, I do have my questions about Jalen Hurts. There's no doubt about that. I think he has potential, but I obviously have a lot of questions about his decision-making. But honestly, I have more questions about the head coach and Nick Sirianni and the offense that they want to run. I think they only fed the ball to their running backs through the ground game three times against the Cowboys. That was pretty unacceptable, especially considering some of the names you have in your backfield. I thought some of the, the patterns and the play calls – we're not very good as well. I'm a huge fan of this kid out of Southern Miss by the name of Quez Watkins. I, pro I'm, I apologize for blowing up everyone's Twitter feed about it. But this kid is a speedster Ooh, who has good guys. size. And when he was called upon to make a big play on that third and long, he sure enough came through with one of the catches of the week. He's someone who I would be telling Nick Sirianni to play more of. Devontae Smith had a bad game. But, yeah, I got major questions about this Eagles team. Their stock is dropping after their week one victory over Atlanta. We're on with Jordan Dizani, uh, NFL writer for CBS Sports. So, Jordan, uh, it is it is Tom Brady going back to Patriots, back to New England week. Uh, there's so much stuff coming out. Like a guy who parked Tom Brady's car one time says that he doesn't like Bill Belichick. And, you know, the guy who carried out his groceries. Uh, we are hearing everything from the Tom Brady side. Remarkably kind of quiet on the Belichick side so far. Uh, but, uh, boy, this is an old school grudge match. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, all those details that came out of the ESPN Seth Wickersham book that were dropped, I think, today or at least earlier this week are, are fascinating. I mean, it reads like a soap opera, but at the same time, like, I think everyone's fascinated by them. You know, Robert Kraft calling Bill Belichick, you know, an, an F-word a-hole and all that. And, and obviously Tom Brady wanting to be loved and having a strained relationship with the front office. All that's fascinating. And it only got me more juiced up for this matchup. And right now, that like a 7 out of 10. I'm sure by Saturday or Sunday, I'm going to be like an 11 out of 10, especially with the Buccaneers coming off of a loss to an NFC contender in the Rams. This is a get-right spot for Tom Brady in, in every facet of the word. I mean, he wants to drop 50 on Bill Belichick's head, and he's going to have an opportunity to with the rookie quarterback going through some learning curves. The defense doesn't look as good. I think we learned a lot about them last week against the Saints. It's in New England. It's exciting. A rivalry match, man. I can't wait. It's funny, I always called them grandpa, dad, and son, and grandpa and son seemed to be on the same page, but the son didn't get enough love from dad, <laughs> and that ended the whole family because the dad and the son couldn't get along while grandpa just looked on sad, and that's craft. But you could see this coming from a mile away, and as soon as Brady could go, he went.
and we all wondered who would get the leg up at, you know, in year one. And there was Tom hosting, in, hoisting the Super Bowl trophy again. To me, that just makes all this drama, mm-hmm. just all the history and everything else. But the fact that Tom left, got it together before Bill did was a, a pretty interesting development, too. So you know Bill wants to beat him with everything he has. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's fascinating because if anyone knows Tom Brady as a quarterback and his strengths and his weaknesses, you would imagine that's Bill Belichick. So I'd be so fascinated to sit in the meeting room this week and just see what Bill Belichick is saying and in terms of how they want to attack not only this Buccaneers offense, but also Tom Brady as a quarterback. You know, what weaknesses are we going to try to exploit from one of the best players in NFL history? Jordan Dejani doesn't have any weaknesses. He joins us every week. CBS Sports <laughs> talking all things NFL here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, one player that had a weakness, that is OBJ. He's back. How did he do in fair, uh, you know, in the in the Browns-Bears uh, game? I know they dominated and won the game, but how did he look out there personally? Yeah, first off, I do have a very big weakness, apparently, and it's fantasy football. So, But apart from that, I, I think OBJ actually looked pretty good. But at the same time, you, as you said, the Browns, I mean, they dominated the Bears. There, there, there was not much pushback they got from that Chicago offense. We can get into that later. But uh, OBJ looked good, man. He, he, he was a good fantasy football start, if you will. Um, but um, he's going to be a focal part of this Cleveland offense moving forward, especially with the, with the loss of Jarvis Landry. So, it was good. You know, it was a get-right spot for him because there were obviously some concerns when the wide receiver goes down with a torn ACL the way he did. Um, so it was good to see him back on the field, and I would expect that he's going to get even more of a target share moving forward. Well, let's get into that then. The Chicago Bears, Nagy, it seems like he wasn't trying to protect his rookie quarterback I mean, against the Browns. I mean, it seems like he didn't do any max protecting or anything. He just kind of ran – the offense as though it was Andy Dalton. I mean, what did you see out there from the Chicago Bears uh, office? A lot of people are calling for Nagy's head. Yeah, it was pretty horrifying. And, you know, before I watched the film, I watched, you know, TV with like ESPN and CBS and all the guys talking about how it was negligence on Matt Nagy's part. I thought that was a little strong. But then I actually went back and watched the game, every snap from Justin Fields. And I would agree. I think negligence is kind of a good word. I mean, it, it's he did not have any kind of game plan for this quarterback who's very different from Andy Dalton. And let me take you back quickly to week three of the preseason. The scene was Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee, when Justin Fields got his first start as a preseason quarterback. Everyone was excited for it, right? But we saw how con- or conservative the play calling was with Justin Fields, and we didn't get to see anything out of him until he was placed in a two-minute drill, and he made one of the best touchdowns I've seen in a Titan stadium. Um, and that, we didn't see any of that against the, the, the Browns in, on Sunday. And the other big part of it was the offensive line is obviously a huge weakness for this team. You have to game plan for that. And if you're getting your butts kicked, you have to be able to adjust in-game. None of that was done. It was really weird how Matt Nagy thought a bunch of play action – would push aside this voracious Cleveland pass rush because it did nothing but. The A-gaps were filled up by the defensive tackles while the ends put their emphasis on getting to, to Justin Fields. Every time he turned around after faking a handoff, he had the left defensive end and the right defensive end in his grill. It was ridiculous. And then on top of that, I mentioned the conservative play calling. There were no shots downfield. All his routes basically came from one to nine yards with a couple swing passes behind the line of scrimmage. There was nothing Justin Fields could do on Sunday. It had to be a pretty demoralizing for this young quarterback. So, yeah, that, that's why I'm more convinced than I ever have been that Matt Nagy is probably not the man for this job and that the Bears should be looking in a different direction. That may not happen this week. It may not happen the next week. 
but I'm pretty sure a move is down the line. Well, let's stay on the line of, of uh, rookie quarterbacks. I think right now they're combined one in 10 as, uh, as starters. Uh, you know, most of them probably aren't on good teams, but I would say Fields and Mac Jones are on some decent teams uh, at least. Uh, you know, do you think maybe we should go back to the mantra? I know the money is big, but, hey, you, you kind of sit a guy for a year or maybe two to – you know, start understanding how, you know, NFL defenses attack you, understand all the protection schemes and everything else, uh, because if not, they're going to ruin some of these guys' career. Yeah, that's a great question, Blaine. I don't know if I'm going to go as far as to say that just yet. Um, I do understand that rookie quarterbacks need to take their lumps, but kind of going back to fields, I think that the offensive coordinators, the head coaches, and the offense as a whole, the coaching staff, have to be able to prepare to protect their quarterback and put him in situations where he can find success. Now, I think Bill Belichick has done a pretty good job of that with Mac Jones. He hasn't been very consistent throwing the ball down the field. He hasn't had many chances to do so, but I did see some some deep dropbacks uh, on film against the Saints this past Sunday, so that was good to see. But, I mean, it is a good question, but I don't think so. I mean, I don't think that, for example, a guy like Justin Fields or even Mac Jones or even Zach Wilson, I said Zach Wilson, but those guys need to necessarily take a year off and watch a veteran perform. I think if you find yourself in a situation like that, then it would be very beneficial. But, I mean, I think a lot of these guys were NFL ready, but they are playing in just horrific circumstances with teams that obviously drafted them with a high draft pick. And, and Justin Fields' case, has a head coach that's basically on his way out of town. So I would examine those as a case-by-case basis. Uh, I think guys like Trey Lance obviously would benefit from sitting a whole year because of the competition he faced and also the fact that he spent over a year out of football. But, yeah, I don't want to make a general blanket statement. I think it's kind of a case-by-case scenario for these young signal callers. Good call. We're with Jordan Dijani, CBS Sports NFL writer. I guess one more for me, and that is, and I, I want to – you kind of get all the NFL teams down in, in your ranking, and does the Titans fit in your top 10 teams right now this early in the season? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I'd have to sit down and probably actually like list them one through 10. If they're not in my top 10, I think they're close. I think the win over the Colts, even though it was not glamorous, it served as somewhat of a get-right moment for this team. Even though Ryan Tannehill threw a couple of interceptions, the offense looked pretty good. I thought Derrick Henry obviously looked great. I thought the backup wide receiver stepped up in a big way with Nick Westbrook and Chester Rogers as well. And the defense, man, I really liked what I saw out of Harold Landry. He had 10 pressures, half a sack. David Long stood out to that group. And then one of my favorite players now, Ola Adeni. I mean, he's evolved from a, a, a decent special teams player into a legitimate pass rusher, two and a half sacks over the past two games. You like to see that if you're the Titans because you know that the defense was definitely a weak spot in the 2020 campaign. You want to see that defense continue to get better, and I think they have a couple of get-right spots moving forward with the Jets and the Jaguars next up on the docket. We're on with Jordan uh, Dijani, uh, NFL writer for CBS Sports. Jordan, uh, this guy, I think everybody forgets about him, and then he somehow makes his way back again. Josh Gordon back in the NFL, and not only back in the NFL, of course, he's on the Chiefs, because why wouldn't the Chiefs just get everybody? Yeah, and there's actually some, like, logical things behind this, because the Chiefs really tried to chase a true number two wide receiver in free agency. They wanted Josh Reynolds. He went to Nashville. Uh, They looked at Juju Smith-Schuster. He wanted to remain a Steeler. I think there might have been reports that could be mistaken about maybe taking a shot on a guy like T.Y. Hilton. 
they weren't able to bring one of those guys to Kansas City. So they decided to roll forward with Michael Harbin and Demarcus Robinson and uh, Brian, Byron Pringle and all those guys. And sure enough, through three weeks, they're one and two. Um, and we haven't seen one of those guys really step up into the true number two wide receiver role. So the Chiefs saw an opportunity here to get a guy who's I struggle to call him a veteran because he's missed so many games in so many years due to off-field issues, but he's someone who's consistently made an impact on the game when he's been able to stay on the field. So I'm sure they vetted him thoroughly to figure out, you know, what's going on in his personal life. He's already had 300 chances. Why is this time going to be any different? Those are questions I'm asking myself, but the Chiefs basically, I mean, they're a Super Bowl contender. All of a sudden, they find themselves at the bottom of their very tough division, and they think that they need to make a move on offense to bring in a pass catcher, and that's exactly what they did with Josh Gordon. Um, how do officials miss play clock violations like they did oh. in, the, in the Lions-Ravens game? And I asked that, Jordan, as a guy who was in the stadium in 2008 when the Ravens had the play clock run down for about two and a half seconds then finally decided to run a play uh, and extended a drive. So I'm just super curious, why don't they have a shot clock or a horn or something that goes off in basketball? Because you should never miss that. I mean, I, I guess these refs might be older guys where you need to signal off a car horn for these guys to realize the play clock's going down. It seems like kind of a basic thing. And even in high school officiating, I know my dad was a high school official in North Carolina and all the things he had to do, you know, pre-snap and pre play to figure out what's going on and, and that sounds like a really basic one and that's been one of the more not talked about or I guess it's been pretty talked about maybe I should change my words but officiating in the NFL through three weeks of the NFL regular season ha has been pretty bad in yeah. so many different facets of officiating whether they're touchdowns being called back whether there's penalties being called that are not penalties, whether there's blatant penalties that are not being called and then we're having a, a game-winning drive you know, come down the stretch and the, the play clock hit zero and no one realizes it. And I went back and watched the film. It was literally almost four seconds of Lamar Jackson sitting there waiting for the snap. It's just bad. And that, that obviously is going to affect the game in a major way. And I think it might have stolen a win from the Lions. Well, I, and I, I think Lamar Jackson grounded the ball on the play too. He just turned and threw it out of bounds. Uh, so I, that, you know, that's another layer of it. All right. Hey, let people know what's the latest stuff you got up on CBS Sports so they can read all your latest work. Yeah, for sure. We're covering a lot of stuff when it comes to gambling angles. So I was looking, for example, I got, the, I got money on the Titans at five and a half, and that's because I took my time a week ahead in advance, and I put some money down before those lines were able to move due to them winning against the Colts. So make sure you check out CBSSports.com if you like to put some money on games. But apart from that, we're covering all NFL news, whether that's Isaiah Wilson signing to a practice squad now, whether that's the Buccaneers' Scotty Miller being placed on IR and what exactly that does to this offense. We got basically everything covered over at CBSSports.com. My gambling column is coming out next week, so stay tuned for that. Jordan, thanks, man. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Appreciate it, Jordan. Hopefully that Titans bet will cash. I'm sure a lot of people listening have got their fingers crossed. Uh, when we come back, we asked the question letter yesterday on the Blaine and Mickey Twitter account, are the Titans a top 10 NFL team? We'll tell you what you thought about that. Also, also Nick Westbrook-Akina did the Billy White shoes, and he explains it. He talked about it today. Made me smile. It'll make you smile, too. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Oh, Lucas. 
Well, Peter Frampton, I like this. I like this kind of party. And Peter Frampton on the show one time, and he was really? talking about writing this song. Uh, <laughs> Baby, I Love Your Way is that song. And so he said, well, I was in the Bahamas. I had one day left to write, and in the morning I woke up and I wrote Show Me the Way, which is one of his greatest hits. Mm-hmm. And then he said, then that evening I wrote um, Baby, I Love Your Way. He said, I wrote both of those songs on the same day, and my mouth just fell open. He goes, well, I mean, it's, it's technically not bragging if you did it. <laughs> One of the greatest lines of all time. What a great gentleman, Peter Frampton. Uh, you got me going with that, Lucas. Uh, we asked a question yesterday. We, we will play the Nick Westbrook Aquina bite. We got a couple of minutes here. He talked about doing the Billy White shoes. Uh, but did he do it for a top 10 NFL team? So we asked this question on Blaine and Mickey. Our director of content, Blaine Bishop, reached out to me earlier this week, and Director Bishop said, Let's find out what the Titans fans think about this squad. Is it top 10 or not? Interesting numbers. Uh, 29.1% say not sure. 15.6% say no. 55.2% say yes. The Titans are a top 10 NFL team. couple of responses. Orange and white on Twitter said not yet. That might be where I would lean at this point. Not yet. I would agree. Uh, Eldon says, I'm definitely not saying no. And it's likely only a top 10 to 15 team could have had the mistakes they did in an NFL game and still win, no matter how bad the team was. But I need to see them take apart a bad team without the errors. I like both of those answers, the short one and the long one. Yeah, well, I mean, both of those are true. I feel the exact same way. So, you know, very educated fans there making, uh, you know, their analysis of what they think of the Titans at this point in time. It's kind of catch 22 right now. You know, the injury history here with A.J. Brown may be out and, Julio may be out, and you say, okay, now we got to rely on, you know, Marcus Johnson and Westbrook Aquina, McMath, and Chester Rogers to kind of hold the fort. Uh, maybe Josh, you know, Reynolds, maybe, uh, who's been hurt pretty much the whole time uh, with, you know, some nagging ankle or, you know, I, I don't know the deal, but he can't play and break and explode off of it to the point where he can play in an NFL game and he feels comfortable. Uh, so that's what makes you nervous, and then, uh, you know, they got smoked, and then they beat a really good team and who you think are, is really good in Russell Wilson and crew, and then all of a sudden they lose again. So then they're one and two. Uh, so and then you beat a divisional rival so in the Colts. So right now it's still a little early to say, but right now they're right on the outside of the top ten for me. Kind of the way I am too. Um, it feels like everything's there, and nobody – you never have a fully healthy NFL team. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just not impossible. But I think if they could get some of these key superstar-type guys and then get anything from the rookie class just to help with depth and Ooh. help with some things. You, so you look like that was painful. Anything it, from the rookie class. Just two years in a row. Just two years, two <laughs> years in a row where we're saying yeah. that. Yeah, uh, that's tough sledding. That, that, that goes into Vrabel and his coaching staff really getting it done with the guys they have. The guys they got. Yeah. Uh, yeah, John Glennon impressive. tweeting this out. Not spotted at practice today. Julio Jones, Farley, A.J. Brown, Dupree, Saffold, Lawan Murchison. Returning to practice, Ferkser, Marcus Johnson, off of IR, Brady Breeze, off of IR. There's your uh, who returned. I knew maybe we could get that on. Oh, that's good. Right I know up. you're excited that we got that in before we got off air, right? I am excited, and I'm excited about this. Nick Westbrook-Akina <laughs> caught a pass in front of Billy White Shoes Johnson, blew the world away, and did the funky chicken dance. This is what he said about it today at practice, funky courtesy of, courtesy of A to Z Sports. Uh, hit me up after the game saying that they loved it. Some people, you know, my friends didn't really get the reference, but 
Uh, you know, one of my best friends' dad. I was like his favorite player growing up, uh, so he loved he loved that reference, and I had to do it just because you know the precedent of the game. You know, he put the sword in the ground. He was at practice Friday, and it was the first thing that came to mind. Yeah, it made me feel old though when he said a bunch of my friends didn't understand it, but my friend's dad that was his favorite player. <laughs> See, that's it. That's it. Thanks. That's pretty cool, though. He said he, you know, they he saw it uh, at practice, so he kind of learned a little bit of history lesson there, and uh, you know, just to have that uh, wherewithal in his mind, not even playing it out the way it sounded. Yeah, like, he didn't plan that. Like it was just it came to like in a tribute to you guys, man. Here, uh, I'll do this because, uh, man, you know, you guys kind of set the foundation for the league. And it's no offense to Nick Westbrook-Akina. He probably didn't think going into that game, yeah, I'm going to get a bunch of touches and score today. Right, exactly. That's why I say he was not even playing. his role. His yeah. role is to play special That's teams and occasionally help out on offense. His role got expanded. That sucker suddenly finds himself standing in the end zone. He didn't even waste any time. Like, his legs just it was, did it. Yeah, it was going to happen. He's like, this is what I'm going to do. So, that was pretty cool, man. I, I got tipped to cap to Especially, you know, given, you know these uh, new generational Type players uh, really don't know a lot about the history of the game, and that that was pretty cool. Goes back to the uh, early seventies, mid seventies, actually, with Billy White. She was uh, into the eighties. He finished his career and had some pretty good years, productive years in Atlanta. He was still doing that dance in the eighties. Uh, it's time for us to dance on out of here, though. Three HLs coming up next tomorrow. We got Doug Matthews. Uh, we'll get all the latest on the Tennessee Vols as they're getting ready to play Missouri. I think they can beat Missouri. I think they can do it. I think it's a they winnable can run game, it right? Uh, at them. But away. I just don't want to, you know, they play up to their ability. They should win. They don't get 10 penalties. Who's the quarterback? No more penalties. We'll ask Doug Matthews who the quarterback is. Uh, We'll also get you the latest on the Titans practice report and injury report as they get ready to take on the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. Right now, it's time for 3HL Blaine. And as always, happy Wednesday and peace. peace.